the Raiders. Our next, we are finishing off the AFC West with a wild card of a team, the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, if you don't want to have a wild card draft and you want the best tools available, there's no reason to go anywhere except the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. Download it now. It is free. You have literally nothing to lose. Zero. Zero to lose. Go check it out. And the reason it's free is because of our great patrons over at Patreon.com. Join today to support the show, the app, and to get a ton, a ton, a ton of extras, including access to us at 24-7 uh, with the Discord, playing leagues with us, uh, the extra episode, of course, during the season, uh, private consultations, uh, you know, merch gives away, and so, so much more. Come check it out. In the meantime, let's get into these Raiders. The heat waves continues now. Tonight, yet another staggering heat wave striking fantasy football. There's something about the beginning of the heat wave that just makes you want to talk some fantasy. And today we're going to be talking about one of the more interesting teams in the league, a team with a lot of changes. That is the Oakland Raiders. I am joined here, of course, by the two in inarguably two of the smartest human beings alive, in my opinion. Just putting that out there. Uh, the lead analyst and editor for Brodo and, you know, my partner in crime for all of these years, uh, Mr. Brodo Mike on podcast and the guy who's been behind the scenes and blesses us by coming out every once in a while and blessing the mic and during the season, blessing the mic on crunch time live little plug, the analytics director for us, the developer of the app. That's right. All that code was, was typed with two hands and you're looking at him right there. Mr. Mr. Casanova. This fingers, baby. Yeah, yeah, I'm back. The magic, the magic fingies. Oh yeah, fingies, the phalanges. That's what I call. That's what I call it to my son Dennis. I'm like, well, how many fingies? He goes one, two, three, four, <laughs> five. Such a smart boy. He, yo, very advanced language wise, which he gets from his dad because I don't shut the fuck up. Um, no, but, he's already he's already way smarter than Tim. Hundred percent. I I mean at. At two years old, no, no, no not. Contest. I'm not talking about at two years old. I'm talking about right now. No, but I mean that's what <laughs> that's what made. <laughs> well, he does. He oh, yo today, Michael. What? So a story about my son. He's never confused Michael and Jason, ever since the very beginning. Uh, since he true. starts saying names, he has never confused them. And today, he found like one of those uh, one of those uh, photo booth strips. Uh, from um, my friend Nick's wedding. Shout out Nick Batista nice. listening to this. From my, my friend Nick's wedding. And you're both making funny faces. So it's not really clear. And he still nailed it. Wow. Still nailed it. Uncle Michael, <laughs> Uncle Jason. Got it right. So shout out to my son for being smart. Uh, with that being said, um, was it a smart decision? <laughs> uh, you know what, Michael? Go ahead. Go ahead. Bless us. The loss. Vegas. <laughs> you know, I used to hate it, but I, it makes now it makes me uh, makes me miss Jason because as bad as that was, Jason's was ten <laughs> times more horrendous. <laughs> uh, with that being said, the head coach is Josh McDaniels. This is his second stint as a head coach, and the first one ended just his first year ended just as tumultuously tumultuously as his first stint with the Tim Tebow led Broncos. QB straight up quit on the team. Uh, one 
a QB that's not known for this. Derek Carr, seen around the league, is a great leader, uh, a solid human being. Uh, Saying constantly... he quit on the team is a huge stretch. Why? Because they sat him for Jared Stidham. Yes, but then he left. When you get disrespected like that. And that's what I mean, right? So he's, he, he, uh, let me rephrase that. He led his QB, who has a, uh, a reputation for being one of the better guys in the league to quit on the team, something very out of his nature. So he did something. He did. It was probably way more than just benching. He did the next level type of thing to make Derek Carr angry. He and went to is, the ado level. He went to do. He definitely <laughs> went to do. Um, and maybe one of the reasons they were so mad at each other is because this team was historically unclutch. Um, they set the record for the most 10-point halftime leads ever blown in NFL history. They blew over 10 leads in general, could not execute in crunch time at all. So what do they do? They run the same coaching staff back, except with a completely new offense, uh, offensive um, offensive weapons outside of one guy, the main guy. Uh, former The offensive coordinator is Mick Lombardi. He is a former Patriots assistant and wide receivers coach, a former son of a coach with Pat's ties, Patriots ties, Mike Lombardi. Last year, his offense actually wasn't bad. It's scoring 12th in points per game. They just couldn't score when it was the right time. 24th in rushing percentage, which might sound a little surprising because they had Josh Jacobs. But then you look at the distribution of carries and it was all Josh Jacobs. So that's why he got so many carries, but they finished so low in the league in rushing percentage. 12th in passing percentage. Like I was mentioning, offensive subtractions. Really, the the Derek Carr era ended in a bang. Like the, when you say think of the Derek Carr era in um, in Oakland slash Las Vegas, you have to have Darren Waller in that conversation. He was shifted off to the Giants. You have to have Foster Moreau in that conversation. He signed with the Saints and wide receiver Matt Collins, who had his you know had his somewhat successes like i i was able to start matt collins in my third flex spot in a 16 team dynasty league a few times uh he was kind of he was productive in that manner (laughs) he leaves as well uh on the but they replace him on the other side brand new quarterback coming over from the san francisco 49ers and has some ties ties with josh mcdaniels from the patriots jimmy garoppolo wide receiver from the patriots jacoby myers who played for and broke out under the tutelage of Josh McDaniels. This is something that we see a lot with Patriots, like branches from the Belichick tree tend to bring former Patriots over when the Patriots are done with them. Uh, That tends to be uh, uh, from, from way back from here all the way back to like Eric Mangini getting Ty law. Like this is something that they just do. Um, Tight end Austin Hooper was added as well. It, and rookie tight end Michael Mayer was drafted early in the second round. Uh, the first tight end picked of all of these um, great tight ends, that uh, second tight end, excuse me, pick of this great tight end class. And rookie wide receiver Trey Tucker in with a third round, 100th pick overall. So with that being said, QB, what are we expecting out of Jimmy Garoppolo? He has been cleared, had, has not started the, did not start the season on the uh, injured list. So the question is, how are we looking at Jimmy Garoppolo? Definitely not a, you know, someone you should be targeting in your fantasy drafts probably, but uh, how are we feeling about him anyway? 
Yeah, he's not super exciting. What does make him kind of interesting is what he can bring to the table for other weapons within the team. Uh, and like on a first look, he's not super exciting. He probably never has been, to be perfectly honest. Uh, the most exciting thing about him is his face. He's pretty good looking. Uh, but now... GQ, baby. Yeah, 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 he is. But like when you compare him to Derek Carr, I know he's come from a different system and, and Shanahan is uh, like famously making bad QBs not bad. Like Nick Mullins came out of nowhere and led the league up. Uh, but uh, Jimmy G had better points per game, better true throw value even in the past two seasons than Derek Carr. So like Jimmy G was averaging like uh, 0.517, 0.519 for the past two years, while Carr got uh, 0.45 and 0.43 for the past two years. So if Jimmy G is the player, as a player is bringing that to the table, it's not just a Shanahan product, he will be better for the weapons uh, the ones that remain than uh, Derek Carr was in, in that team. So I think he's not someone you target for fantasy, but he is someone that can make the other weapons at least a little bit useful. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that he's had that success before. He knows how to put his wide receivers in position to get yards after catch, and he has some guys who can get yards after catch in this offense. Josh Jacobs is one of the guys in the running back mutiny, possible mute running back mutiny. Uh, but let's assume that he starts, he plays. Uh, Michael, how are you looking at Josh Jacobs? Four years of mediocrity led to last year. I've been selling, selling, selling on Josh Jacobs. Finally, um, last year it came back to bite me a little bit. That's for sure. Um, but with that, like, I remember trading, like I was in trade with dynasty. I'm like, should I trade cream hunt or should I trade Josh Jacobs? Like, or like, I don't know who to keep. And, it was a good thing I kept Jacobs. Um, but with that being said, how are we feeling about Jacobs this year? Was it just volume last year? Do you think he can repeat it? What's up? Yeah, Josh Jacobs would be a huge target of mine at ADP mm-hmm. if there weren't huge question marks surrounding his availability heading into the season. Um, but his ADP hasn't changed much based on that yet. Now it's starting to creep down. But he's still going. He was going at RB11 on underdog, RB10 on FFPC, um, both um, in the third round, basically right after the second round turn. And look, he wants a new deal. He's making that pretty clear. He he left Las Vegas, so it is concerning. He seems the most likely to hold out of any of these RBs who are like talking about possibly holding out right now. But with that being said, he broke out last year, as Tim mentioned, 340 rush attempts, 1,653 rushing yards, 53 receptions, which is one shy of his career high of 54 from last year. So two straight 50 reception seasons, which is a great sign moving forward. Career high, 400 receiving yards. Josh Jacobs ended outside the top 20 running backs just four times, and two of those times were to open the season. So over his last 15 fantasy games, he was outside the top 20 RBs twice. He had more than double the amount of games as a top five overall weekly running back with five. In my opinion, people were fading him or are fading him way too hard. Like I'm I'm a little upset that this uh, lockout, this uh, thing is happening with Josh Jacobs because I want to be drafting him in round three. I think it's a very nice value getting him there if you start wide receiver, wide receiver or wide receiver tight end or any of those variations. But now it's a complete toss-up. Like any of his advanced stats you look at, everything says Josh Jacobs was a tremendous running back last season, and I don't think that's something that's just going to 
um, disappear this season. But now the toss-up. Um, big risk-reward here. If he falls to the fourth round or later, he'd certainly be a steal if he returns, but he could end up being a wasted pick too. That's the issue when guys are holding out. He doesn't start losing money from holding out until he misses at least one game. So it certainly could go into the season. We're going to have to wait and see if Las Vegas decides to pay him or not. Meanwhile, backup Zamir White. People have yet to react to um, Jacobs yet. Um, he's currently going at RB60 right now. I'd happily take him at around RB50. Even if he doesn't perform too well and he wastes a pick in round like 14, whatever. But he's a clear next man up here, I think, as a second-year, fourth-round pick out of Georgia with some um, elite speed. He hardly played last season, just 17 rush attempts. But that means he that doesn't mean he won't be the next in line. Who's going to steal the work from him? The other running backs on the roster are journeyman Amir Abdullah, who's more of a pass catcher at this point, and special teamer Brandon Bolden. So even though he's not going to catch passes, Samir White didn't catch passes in college either. He's likely going to be the first and second down back on this team. So you can't expect Josh Jacobs level productivity. But if you could get a possible starting early down back in round like 15 obviously that's something you should be interested in so right now i do think zamir white is um being a little underdrafted with the question marks around josh jacobs and if josh jacobs does return to training camp um while you're like after you listen to this i think he's a solid pick at adp yeah i mean the way that we're talking we're assuming that they're going to play so if again we record these a little earlier not too much earlier but a little earlier than the release date because we record a bunch of them on the same on the same day so when if the news is already broke that that uh, josh jacobs is not gonna play which is very unlikely then samir white becomes a excellent pick and he's probably gonna boost like zoom up to like the fourth fifth round um in that in that scenario after seeing what happened with damian pierce last year it's maybe higher and then you know if not if he does sign on Josh Jacobs is a great pick. So we'll see what happens there. I think something else that you're, we're going to see what happens with these wide receivers because there's only one guy here. Like It really was a turnover, a big turnover in terms of talent because they got one guy that's great that's staying, and then they added another big money wide receiver. Let's talk about Devontae Adams for a second. The only person with wide receivers and running backs combined, the only person to have more touchdowns than Austin Eckler over the past four years is Devontae Adams. The man is an absolute machine, has more touchdowns than anyone um, in that time frame, and had another 14 touchdowns last year. True target value was sixth in the league. Now, just to tell you how like crazy that is, uh, Derek Carr's true throw value, which directly leads to that, right? His true throw value was 21st. So what that tells you, if you're not for, if you're not like what so what does that mean? Come Privy. On. That yeah, that means that Devontae Adams took those targets that were worth that and turned them into even more, even more greatness. 1516 yards. I think really he was first in target percentage. He got 30% of the targets, 20, 24 big plays was third in the league, 22 red zone opportunities was seventh in the league, had 20 PPR points per game. If you had Devontae Adams last year, probably a sour taste in your mouth on him. That's probably why his ADP is going like a little bit down right now. 
did leave a sour taste because he decided to have his worst games when it meant most. Uh, week 14, 15, and 16, he ended week he wended as wide receiver 39, 60, and 78. Now he did bounce back and have a wide receiver two week if you did in the championship week, if you did happen to uh, make it out alive after getting wide receiver 60 and wide receiver 78 performances out of Devontae Adams. I know I had Devontae Adams on two of my teams last year, and both of those teams were favorites going into the playoffs and ended up getting upset um, on with some help of you know Devontae Adams scoring 3.5 PPR points against, against uh, the Steelers and 6.8 PPR points on nine targets against New England on nine targets both those times. So the dude was targeted 180 times last year. Uh, so, you know, can you get that again? We'll see. Uh, one thing that really stood out to me when I looked at his stats too was that his A dot was 11.83. That's 36 in the league, but he had the third most receiving yards. He was making plays. He was getting yards after the catch. And if we know one thing about Jimmy Garoppolo, you know that he's going to put you put you in position to get yards after the catch. I'm still excited about Devontae Adams. I don't know why he's slipping the way that he's slipping. It's almost as people are, um, you know, not remembering who this guy is. Now, when you look at the guys ahead of him, it's really hard to, you know, argue against those guys too aj brown cd lamb stefan diggs tyree kill cooper cup jamar chase justin jefferson it's hard to argue against those guys but i think Devonte adams is a tier above the next group of players which is amon ross st brown garrett wilson jalen waddle chris olave t higgins so i really think those top eight receivers ending with Devonte adams is represents that first tier of wide receiver unless you want to put you know jefferson chase cup in their I own know. tier and tyree kill in their own tier i think that that definitely but that On next underdog tier, Garrett Wilson and Amon Ross St. Brown are going ahead of Devontae Adams. That's just wild. Bro, if you draft just... Amon Ross St. Brown ahead of Devontae Adams, I, I don't want to talk to you. I that agree. shit blows my mind. Legitimately blows my mind. A lot of Amon Ross St. Brown hype. And I was there. Like Amon Ross was one of my hat hangers last year. I definitely called him, and I that was one of my better calls last year. Uh, He's someone I'm not, I'm not, I'm not having. Yeah, I'm having zero of him on my team this year. He's just, yeah. The price is just too expensive. Um. But he was great. But Devontae Adams is great. But the real, I think the real wild card here is Jacoby Myers because you have Hunter Renfro on this roster, um, and you know in in history, uh, in his history, he is a slot receiver. Now, right now on our lads, which is where I get my NFL depth charts, which is pretty good with their NFL depth charts. He's listed as the right outside wide receiver. And Hunter Renfro is uh, listed in the slot. I don't know if that's actually going to happen. Um, I think that there's a chance that Jacoby Myers goes into that slot and you see a guy like Keenan Cole or Philip Dorsett who has like those that breakaway speed or DeAndre Carter. like Guys like this, I think there's a chance you see them on the outside. Hunter Renfro takes a little bit of a backseat and Jacoby Myers takes that slot position. Because when you think about what you need to support Jimmy Garoppolo, you need options for those short passes. And while Josh Jacobs was a pass catching back in college and showed the prowess for pass catching, pass catching last the last two seasons, he still has maxed out at 50, right? So you're going to need someone that he can throw to out of the backfield a little more or a safety blanket as a, um, as a slot guy. So I do think... 
in my opinion, I think Jacoby Myers ends up taking that spot, and you see a guy like Phil Dorsett, like I said, out on the outside. Now, I could be mistaken. Hunter Renfro could be part of the offense, but I'm not drafting Hunter Renfro, I, I, especially after last season when he was a complete non-factor in his first season with uh, his new head coach. I'm banking on Jacoby Myers to take his job in, in that slot, and I'm not that excited about jo- Jacoby Myers either. One of the things that... Matt is like Jacoby Myers' biggest fan, and he'll yeah. point out that he got 21.2% of the targets last year, um, to which case I would point out that's great. But the other wide receivers were Nelson Aguilar, Devontae Parker, Tyquan Thornton, and Kendrick Bourne. So, yes, Jacoby Myers got 21% of the targets, but he beat out those guys for the targets. Now, he really out-targeted them, 96 targets to the most 53. Next was Nelson Aguilar. Um, so 21% of the targets to 12% of the targets. So it's a big leap, but he was the only wide receiver that was capable, uh, you know, just capable, period. Uh, with that being said, uh, last season, a lackluster season for what you were expecting out of him, expecting that out of that much work, even though he got all those targets and and he was still only 35th in targets, even though he led his team by a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, 67 receptions was 30th. Uh, only 804 receiving yards. Not a red zone threat. Six receiving touchdowns. So he mid, like he was a very mid-level. Like If you look at his points per game, 26 is overall. He finishes wide receiver 31. His, you know, it's just not... So he only had eight red zone opportunities total. Like, are you really going to chase this guy in a? He did finally game? score touchdowns. Only one, but only oh, yeah, that's true. Six, six touchdowns. That's good. Um, but you know, am I banking on him in a Jimmy Garoppolo led offense with a head coach that, in his short career, he's only had a couple of years experience, but a couple of absolutely dreadful seasons. I'm not touching Jacoby Myers with a 10-foot pole. Um, I mean, they just gave the guy three years, $33 million, and he's going off the board at wide receiver 58. I'll take him there all day. All What's right, fine. The downside? All right, fine. Wide receiver 58, fine. But, I I mean, at that range, 58, I'd rather take a chance on a guy like Sky Moore, who is going, he's, in, that, he's going in that range. No, he's going uh, like 10 spots above that right now. But a- Alan Lazard? I'd rather take a shot on Alan Lazard. I would even take Rashid Shahid and take a shot on him. Come on, man. Rashid Shahid over Jacoby Myers. That's just this. Yeah, now you're getting a little crazy, bro. I, mean, I got outside with Mike here. Michael I, Thomas is back. Like, you're going to take Rashid Shahid over the guy who just got three years, 33 million back to back, 800 yard seasons. I'm not even a Jacoby Myers fan, but that's ridiculous. Oh, back to back, 800 yard seasons. Yeah. I don't want an 800 yard season on my team. I have no interest in that. Whatever. I'm as your wide receiver four, man. Maybe it, or I five, mean, as five, five or five, yeah. or five. As my wide receiver five, fine. I'll put him on my bench as my wide receiver five. You guys talked me into wide receiver five. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you got just for uh, that ADP, baby. One thing I'm not doing, and uh, a lot of people are doing, is drafting a rookie tight end. I'm not doing it. Uh, we've been on this program telling you about it a lot. Uh, is that something that you agree with me with, Cass? I, I do. Uh, like, we know historically rookie tight ends are, are not good. Uh, if you look at uh, the, the rookie guy, Michael Myers comps, 
he has pretty decent comps. Like he got Mark Andrews in there. He got uh, Trey McBride, I think, top, which is not fantastic. But I mean, we've only seen one season out of McBride, so that's why I, I'm basing it on on, on Andrews. But still, uh, Andrews is a great player. I I think I read he's close to breaking the all-time Ravens receiving record, which is crazy. Yeah. He was drafted like in 2018, 2019. Um, still, if we get Mark Andrews out of him. He only had 500 yards as a, as a rookie and ended up with like 5.6 points per game, which is not good. You know, like uh, thinking of good examples of rookies that performed Kyle Pitts, but he was generational and he still barely cracked a tight end one status, not even close to top five. So he Jeremy, really is not Jeremy worth it. Shockey and Evan oh, yeah, Ingram. Greg Dolchich. Uh, Last like last year, girls Dolch is I think uh, comparable, and he was tight end seventeen, eighteen, something like that. And at that point, it's just not even relevant for fantasy. He is priced accordingly. He's going tight end twenty right now. So if you have like a sixteen team deep benches, and you're the type of person to keep a backup tight end, he's not the worst pick. However, why? Like just just don't like. <laughs> It's really not worth it. He has a low ceiling as a rookie tight end with Austin Hooper probably taking a bunch of work from him. Like even Josh McDaniels is not known for having two tight end sets too much. He's just like under 20%, I believe, or like around 22%. Uh, it, it's just not worth it. And and especially because he's a rookie. I'm staying away from the whole tight end room. Uh, Hooper is also not worth it at all. The way that you presented that was hilarious, but un- unknowingly hilarious. You went, however, why? <laughs> it's great. <laughs> I mean, Fantastic. yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with you. There's no reason to um, stay away from these tight ends. Uh, with that being said, don't stay away from us because we're coming back tomorrow, baby. Yeah. Um, a different configuration, slightly, but tune in tomorrow to see what the configuration is uh thank you for your support if you've been watching if this is your first episode or your last episode or every anything in between we really appreciate your patronage and we appreciate your listens we appreciate you pressing play um come follow us if you if you are so inclined at bro ff tim at bro ff mike at bro ff you know what i'm gonna skip all the regular stuff i say and just say if you have some time right now leave us a comment leave us a review uh on the app store on the on wherever you're listening to this podcast it really goes a long way, these reviews. Um, I bet you guys didn't know this. Comment on YouTube. And when I say, you, yeah, comment on YouTube, whatever you whatever you like, it, just engage in a way. Um, I, I'm not talking to you two guys. I think you guys know this. But if you, you guys don't know this at home, the way that the podcast leaderboards are um, determined is by comments. So, like, if you see whatever was, like, the 35th most popular con- content uh, this year, I mean, this this week, it's because they were commented on the 35th most times. I don't think it's a direct correlation like that, but it's, like, they were commented on at this rate that was 35th highest growth rate. That's, that's what it's at. So, just a little behind the scenes for the algorithm and being seen. One of the, one of the hardest things to do is be seen. Um, these days, you know, because there's so much, you know, and you just got to you get pushed down if you don't have, you know, 500 million in seed money. And so uh, if you if you want hundred million, a half billion, yo, listen, if anyone is listening and wants to give us Patrick Mahomes money and yeah. wants to give us 500 million dollars, I promise we'll do good with it. All right. <laughs> we won't we won't be like we won't be buying private jets. We'll put it all into the app. Five hundred million dollar app. All right, you could actually. I mean, not all of it, but 
Yeah, it sounds like a waste of money. I mean, all yeah, of it yeah. plus we'll we'll each get a cheeseburger. Oh okay. yeah, okay then. Then we're good. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. Wagyu right. cheeseburgers, two. Yeah, wagyu like, but delivered from like, like, like delivered, legit wagyu. Yeah, like like yeah, like there was like the freshest wagyu meat of all time. Like with a certificate and everything. Wagyu. I mean, if, if we get five hundred million dollars, I'm going to New York. Like, just just uh, heads up to the future investor. That is yeah. that is just non negotiable. Oh, it, it, my dream is to fly Cass out here with Broto money. That's like my dream. Make it happen, people, please, please. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, do have a lot of services. It's not like charity. <laughs> We're giving you these services. It's business expenses. I'm smiling. I'm smiling. Now we've we've gotten we've gone too long at this point. Peace. Later. <laughs>